Welcome to Truth Time, where you'll get a shot of the truth with no chaser. And now your Truth Time host, Trey Searcy. Okay, this is Truth Time Radio. We're going to the phone line right now where we have a caller, Emika. All right, where are you calling from today? Atlanta, Georgia. Well, I got your question here. I thought I'd put you up on air since you called because I haven't had a chance to respond to you uh, by way of email, so uh, we'll just do that here on the air. Can you give me the question once again, though? I'm not looking right now at the email. Acts chapter 24, 25, where uh, Apostle Paul equally uh, preached on the kingdom as well. You wanted me to explain why he preached both the gospel of the grace of God and the gospel of gospel, the kingdom. Yes, of the kingdom, yes. Okay, this uh, Acts chapter 20, do you have your Bible? I'll get it. I'll get it in a second. Yeah. Okay. We'll turn here to Acts chapter twenty, and uh, we'll deal with these two verses, uh, verses twenty-four and twenty-five. It says, "But none of these things move me; neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify." And here's the uh, phrase you're talking about, the gospel of the grace of God. Now, verse 25 says, And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. And now that's the uh, other phrase you're talking about, right? Yes, yes, sir. So right there we have... Paul saying the gospel of the grace of God, and in the next verse he says the kingdom of God. Now, Emeka, the kingdom of God that Paul preached is a heavenly, not earthly, it's a heavenly kingdom. And it's not the gospel of the kingdom that you find back in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's not, he just says preaching the kingdom of God. That's not the gospel of the kingdom that we find uh, the Lord preaching prior to the cross. And so the kingdom of God that Paul mentions here is heavenly, not earthly kingdom. See, members of the body of Christ church, we have a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, 2 Corinthians, uh, I think it's 5, chapter 5, verse 1. And Emeka, if you're saved, you and I, spiritually speaking, we're already there. We're already there in that heavenly house with the Lord. Spiritually speaking, that's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. You okay. see, God has a heavenly kingdom and God has an earthly kingdom. Paul preaches Jesus Christ, Romans sixteen twenty-five, according to the revelation of the mystery, and uh, the information contained in this mystery that was given to Paul is different than any other information that was given out prior to Paul. For example, no one prior to Paul, no one ever expected to die and to go to heaven for all eternity. In fact, uh, in Luke chapter 11, the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, said, uh, 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 teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And Christ Christ looked at them and said, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. come. 
Thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. So see, even Christ was making the distinction right there. And he showed the division as in heaven, so in earth. They are looking for a kingdom to come. So when Paul said the kingdom of God, he's talking about a heavenly, not earthly, but a heavenly kingdom. But Emeka, I thank you for your question. How did you find uh, Truth Time? Internet. You know, I was just Googling and uh, came up on YouTube. On YouTube? Uh, yes. Okay, great. You've been watching the videos? I've been watching the videos. Uh, how long have you been saved and rightly dividing the word of truth? I've been I've been saved for over 15 years, you know. But when I started, you know, listening to you, I I really started seeing, you know, what it means to divide, uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because a lot a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people are confused about it. It's great. It's a great revelation. Yes, it is. It clear clears away a lot of the fog <laughs> and the cobwebs. Exactly, exactly <laughs> does it does. And uh, if you have any church you can recommend, you know. One I can go to Atlanta. I might have. Uh, I'll have to get with you on an email and get you the um, the details for that. Okay, sir. Yes, sir. I sure will. What area are you originally from? From Nigeria, Africa. You know, there's a lot of Truth Time listeners in Africa. There is. There is. People who, who have seen the distinction of Paul's ministry and understand that salvation comes by grace through faith alone in what Christ finished, his finished cross work. Well, my, my question, sir, why, why is it that a lot of Christians are not, are not seeing this? The only thing I can say is all through the Bible, beginning from the book of Genesis, and as we travel down through the pages to Revelation, we see that the true believers have always been a remnant, just a few. A few believers. It's never been the majority. It's always been a remnant throughout the history of our Bible. Uh, Paul says, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. And Satan is the master of deception. And he works through religion. He works through denomination. Satan works through ministers of righteousness that stand behind the pulpit and minister religion as opposed to grace. Grace, yes. You know, even when people, I know you've pro- you're probably familiar with this yourself, when people talk about grace, their definition of grace <laughs> is not our definition. It's not the no. Bible. It's not no, the it's Bible's not the Bible. definition. Yeah, they mix uh-huh. grace they with mix works. With works, exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, but my, my, another concern is, you know, if they are preaching it out of, you know, ignorance or not, you know, you know, they're not understanding what they are preaching, you know, how does, you know, God see them? Um, yeah, I see what you're, are you talking about as being saved or lost? Being, yes, I'm being saved, yes. If they have not come unto the knowledge of the truth, and seeing that it's by grace through faith alone in the finished cross work of Christ, they're religious but lost. Exactly. They are trusting in a time-past gospel. You gospel, see, yes. it's not that it's a false gospel. You can go okay. to the churches and you'll hear a gospel, but it's not the gospel that saves today. Exactly. 
You see, when the man came to Christ in Matthew chapter 19, he said, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Christ told him, he said, keep the commandments. Emeka, he didn't say, trust in the finished cross work of me, <laughs> because he hadn't even started the cross work yet. So you see, the gospel was to keep the commandments, and then he told him to sell everything he owned. That was the gospel. That was the gospel that would save that man and put him into that earthly kingdom. It had nothing to do with the cross. Now, after the cross, Acts chapter 9 is where Christ comes back and saves Saul of Tarsus and gives him the mission to go to the children of Israel and to us, the Gentiles, the nations. And he gave him a new message. You see, some people have trouble when you say a new message because they want to say, well, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, he is in his person, in his deity, in his righteousness, in his pureness and holiness. He is, but his instructions to man have changed since the beginning of time. Exactly. You remember at first, Adam and Eve were eating, they were eating a vegetarian diet. And then after sin, God changed the menu. So the diet changed. Some people says he, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, he is, but he's changed his instructions to mankind. And when we ignore the various dispensations, not recognizing the change of instructions, we inevitably, as to be expected, will miss some of these truths. And sadly, you could even miss the gospel that saves today therefore remaining lost because you heard and trusted in the wrong salvation message. Wow. Yesterday, I was, I was talking to a, past, a pastor who has been to a Bible school, you know, uh, for about over three years, and I was, you know, trying to t- talk to him about you really understanding what it means by rightly dividing the word of, you know, truth and telling him about the mystery, Paul's preaching, of, you know, the mystery, he was understanding what I was saying, but he still didn't want to believe it. Then he goes, you know, he now says, look, why well, just go and read Matthew and just believe the, the word of Jesus, you know, what he said in red. Mm-hmm. And that was his conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's what you call a, a red, a red letter guy, huh? Yes. <laughs> red letter guy, exactly. <laughs> well, you see, the red letters wasn't placed in the Bible until much later in time. Uh, so at one time there were no such thing as red letters and I don't have a problem with the letters of Christ being read, but if that be the case, they should have made Paul's letters read because what he said was what Christ revealed to him. So that's the words of Christ, just like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You see, but Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are words of Christ prior to him giving his life for all humanity's sins. So what about the, what about the red letters that are after that? What about the red letters that are from the, the red blood shed of my savior at Calvary, you see? Wow. Uh, in Romans chapter 11, verse 25, Paul said, for I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles 
become in. Emika, that's how most of the denominations are still operating. They're still operating as if Israel has 2020 vision. But no, they have been blinded, as Paul said here in Romans chapter 11. And so you can no longer be saved the same way as you once could because Israel is blind and the program has failed. And matter of fact, you'll find... uh In the book of Hosea, I think it's the first chapter where God says they are lo-ami. Some people pronounce that lo-ami. Either way, it means not God's people. So the, the Israel of the Bible right now in this present dispensation are not God's people. We no longer bless Israel because there's no Israel in God's eyes to be blessed. Now, on the map, geographically, we can look over there and see a nation Israel, but God no longer sees any man and has any respect of persons. We're all equal right now. Equal, yes. Emika, what I want you to do for me is turn there in your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. And for those of you listening, you're listening to Truth Time Radio. I'm Trey Searcy. We're here talking to Emika, a Truth Time listener from Atlanta, Georgia, and we are awake, aware, alive, and active. You're encouraged to visit our website at truthtimeradio.com. If you're there in Ephesians, look at verse, in chapter 1, look at verse 13. Okay. And read that for me. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye had the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Now, right there it is. You just said it. After ye heard the what? The word. The word of truth. And then it, then it has a comma, and then it gives you the definition of what the word of truth is. What does it say? The gospel of your salvation. That's the word of truth. Yes, the Bible. It does have words of truth, but that's not what Paul's talking about. He's much more specific than that. He says the word of truth, the gospel of Amica's salvation, the gospel of Trey's salvation. And see, our gospel over here is that Christ died for all your sins, past, present, and future. He was buried and then rose again. And you, by faith only, no works, Trust in him. Stand with God, believing that that sacrifice was enough, and there's nothing I can add to that. That's what saves today. Not that message that Christ gave the man to come to him in Matthew chapter 19 when he said, keep the commandments. That's not our message. That guy, he could not tell him, hey, have faith alone in me and my Mm -hmm. cross work. He couldn't say that because he hadn't done it. In the book of Corinthians, we know exactly why this mystery was hid and not revealed. Paul wrote that if they would have known that by him going to the cross, he was going to die for all humanity and every sin of every person, Satan would have not killed him. That's why it was hid in God, kept secret. That mystery is no big word there. All that means is secret. It was kept secret and not revealed until revealed to the Apostle Paul. Wow. And the last final question is, you know, for those of us who have cut this revelation, how do we help, you know, how do we help others? Oh, 
That's such a good, that's such a good question, Emika. Uh, one way, man, is to do what you're doing right now to keep seeking, uh, and keep learning and, and to present it to others, to plant seed everywhere you go. And don't be discouraged because that's what Satan wants. He wants you to be discouraged and, and look at numbers instead of just looking at remnants. It's about remnants. One here, one there, just planting seed whenever you're given the opportunity. And sometimes you may have to even make an opportunity. But that's what we're to do is to learn this to study, to show thyself approved, and to be a workman. You know, it takes some work. Rightly divide this word of truth and then convey that message to others. You're such a blessing. <laughs> you are. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, It's a blessing that you called called here today. I know when I got your question, I because uh, I answer a lot of questions by email, and I thought, hey, there's no return address. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, but you, I, I'm so glad we got a chance to uh, fellowship by way of telephone, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. Anytime you have a question, you know, you can just feel free to call me, or you can um, uh, ask the question, the, you know, the same way you did there. At our, our, did you do that at our website? Yeah, it's on your website, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an opportunity there uh, to witness to others? Yeah, I do, yes. What line of work are you in? I'm in my in my church. I'm the head of uh, protocol. What denomination is the church? It's Pentecostal, but like, they're still, you know, mix, you know, preach the grace and the law. You know, mm-hmm. I'm having a problem with, you know, and I'm you know, trying to talk to them and they're not listening. Yes, well, I, I, I know the obstacles that are fa- you're faced with, and uh, I'll, I'll, I will pray for you. I, I, I certainly will, man. Okay, sir. Okay, what a joy talking to you, brother. Okay, sir. Man, peace to you, brother, and uh, call me anytime. Uh, peace to you also. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Truth Time, testing everything and equipping you to defend your faith. Stay tuned. Truth Time will be right back. Okay, welcome back to more of Truth Time Radio. During the break, I was trying to find a passage here in Isaiah. And you know, with all of the denominational doctrines floating around today, the body of Christ is missing watchmen. We need more watchmen. 
Anyone who believes their Bible can look at 2 Timothy 2.15, take that verse and compare it to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, and in doing so, it becomes quite obvious that in the Bible there were more than one gospel. And it reminds me how that Paul in Galatians uh, chapter 1, when he said, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And then in the next verse, verse 7, Paul says, which is not another. There's not another gospel. When you think of that, Paul says, another gospel, followed by the next verse, and it says, which is not another. <laughs> so how do we make sense of this? Is there another gospel, or is there not another gospel? Well, what Paul is saying here is, which is not another. He did not say, never has been, or never will be. He says, which is not another. What he's telling these Galatians is, hey, at this time, there is no other gospel other than the one I'm preaching that'll save your never-dying soul. And in verse 8, he says, if an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, other than the gospel that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And guess what? For those of you who say that in the Bible there's only one gospel, over in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, the Apostle John writes of an angel who flies in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto all them that dwell on the earth. So there is an angel with a gospel called the everlasting gospel, and he will preach that unto all them that dwell on the earth. So the body of Christ is in need of watchmen. Watchmen who will expose those who are preaching a gospel, but not preaching the gospel. It's another gospel, and it's not the gospel that saves today. In Isaiah chapter 56, the prophet Isaiah, speaking of Israel concerning Sabbath keeping, this wasn't to the church, to the body of Christ, but Israel back there under the law. Here, Isaiah speaks great truth, truth that transcends all time. He writes in chapter 56, verse 10, His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. That from the prophet Isaiah in chapter 56. And listen, the church, the body of Christ today, we need watchmen, not blind watchmen, not watchmen that are ignorant of Paul's mystery, that lie down and slumber all day and won't speak up and take a stand for the truth. We need watchmen, watchmen like Paul referred to that are not ignorant of this mystery. They're unable to sound the alarm because they don't even know a problem exists, having no knowledge of the dispensational change in the gospel message for today. Most today think uh, if you go to a building that we call church, if you carry a Bible, sing songs, pray and lift your hands, you're saved and on your way to heaven. Over and over, time after time, what they fail to do is evaluate a person according to their testimony. A testimony comes from within, not from without, just like your salvation. Faith, that invisible faith within, and not the outwardly fleshly works performed in front of men. I love the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. And he later said, those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man, Matthew fifteen eighteen. Self-righteous judges are lazy and would rather take the easy way out. 
You see, it's easier to just judge a book by its cover. It's it's easier than having to actually spend some time talking to someone about salvation. It's easier to just look down your nose and evaluate others according to their outward appearance. And have you ever noticed that the ones who judge with their eyes instead of their ears always have a false idea, a false idea of what a saved person is supposed to look like? Yeah, you know, nice clothing, well-groomed, men with short hair, women with long, and no tattoos, of course. (laughs) And for those of you who, in your puffed-up, pride-fueled mind, like to say, Yeah, but if a person is really saved, they'll dress like this, and they'll dress like that. They'll wear their hair like this and go to a certain building on Sunday. No, that's what you say. But you saying it don't make it true. You can say it as often as you want. You can say it as loud as you want. But it don't make it true. There is no certain cookie-cutter way a saved person should look. We all look different and have our own personal identity within the body of Christ church. So keep your self-indulged laws and opinions to yourself. And what you should do is start operating from a place of truth for a change. You'll be a much happier person. You see, people who get caught up in the snare of looking and evaluating the flesh, they're often the same ones who think they're saved but are not. Reason? They spend a lifetime thinking that God is judging them according to the flesh, and in return, that's how they judge others. Hey, if you want to know if someone is saved, just simply ask them. Ask them to give a salvation testimony. A salvation testimony will always point to Christ and His accomplishments, not yours. It's not your performance or how you look. It's his performance and how he looked. Salvation is about how he looked on your behalf. And God says, listen here, my son looked perfect. Oh, you're a hot mess, but he looks good. He's perfect. But if you're saved, God says you look perfect too. How's that, Trey? I mean, you don't understand, man. I've done this, and I've done that. I struggle with this, and I struggle with that. And according to the self-righteous do-gooders down there at the Baptocostal First Lady Catholic Episcopalian Lutheran Church of God, hey, I don't even know how to dress right, dude. Listen to me. If Christ is perfect, are you listening? If Christ is perfect, and you've put your complete trust in what he did for you, you're perfect. How's that for imputed righteousness? Yeah, you're in Christ. Your life, Colossians 3.3, is hid in Him. Man, this is good stuff right here. Take the mirror down off the wall and relax. Rest in what He did for you. Rest in this newfound freedom that you have in Christ. But anyways, I digress. Now back to the prophet Isaiah concerning watchmen. You that are listening today and own a dog or two, well, you're well aware that many dogs make for great watchdogs. We have four, and one especially stands out as being the watchman of the bunch. His name is Scooter, and he's always on high alert 24-7. Nothing gets past him. The slightest sound, and there he goes, taking off toward the window, taking off toward the door, barking his head off. That's his way of alerting the ones he loves of what he thinks could be an impending danger. Hey, this is what's lacking today in the body of Christ. Those who love you enough to tell you the truth regardless of the cost, regardless of how they look or sound. Now, we have a few watchmen left today, those who will stand for the truth even when it seems as if they're standing alone. But overall, no, not many. 
Today, as Isaiah says in the next verse, chapter 56, verse 11, they are, quote, greedy dogs which can never make enough, shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, every one for his own gain. You see, it's not always about financial gain. Sometimes it's about Facebook likes, Twitter followers. How many tells me that I'm a good boy? We're here today to share information. Information that will help you better discern what's happening around you and be watchmen, ready to alert and sound the alarm. Listen, our physical redemption draws closer with each passing day. That's a simple law that you can't avoid. And with every new day you're given, what are you doing with it? Are you a time redeemer? Are you redeeming the times because the days are evil? Ephesians 5.16 Are you redeeming the time by walking in wisdom toward them that are without? Colossians 4.5 And don't forget the verse that follows. Verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. Now I'm amazed by those who, well, they constantly ignore the quote, Season with salt. You see, while speaking with grace, it's important not to forget to season it with salt. People are spiritually wounded and in need of healing. Jesus heals today by his written word. It's the word of truth rightly divided that will give people that spiritual freedom they've longed for their entire life. But it's a process. And at first, when hearing the truth... Information that goes directly against what you've always heard. Hey, (laughs) it might not be so pleasant. What happens when salt is rubbed into a wound? Yeah, salt heals, but it hurts at the same time. Truth hurts. Don't get caught up in the fluff trap. The fluff trap that's set by the religious cohorts of the day. Satan would love for you and I to just shuffle along like the religious folk with fluffy, soft speeches. The kind with no salt? The kind that is never supposed to offend anyone? Listen, truth hurts because truth offends. Love should always be your motive, but never forget that your speech should be bold, purposeful, and truthful, seasoned with salt so that it might have a strong effect. Okay, we're about out of time, so uh, quickly let me share some listener mail real quick. Sean, Buffalo, New York, writes... Why do people look for signs in the stars, the sky, the earth, but not in their Bible? Stop looking for a move of God. He already moved 2,000 years ago. The next move will leave you behind before you know what happened. Chasing blood moons around will not find you the answers you seek. It will only find you lost. And then here he forwarded me a copy of a letter that he sent to Bill O'Reilly over at Fox News. He starts out by quoting Bill from a recent O'Reilly Factor episode when Bill, while speaking of heaven, said, I believe you have to earn your way in. Wow. And Sean responded with, Hey, Bill, you can keep trying to pay the price yourself or believe and live the doctrine below, death or life. The doctrine you follow now will lead you to death and hell and not everlasting life. Bill, it's not my opinion, it's the word of truth rightly divided. 2 Timothy 2.15 His peace and grace to you, Bill, and you need it. And you need to stop misleading people, Bill. You have been misleading because you are misled. 
It's the blind leading the blind thing, and you can't change that. And then Sean goes on to list here uh, several excerpts from a book I wrote titled Compare the Verses. You can learn more about that at the Truth Time website. And in closing, Sean writes, Bill, being a good person does not pay the payment. Jesus did. Paul wrote that we are not under the law and not saved by commandment keeping. We're saved by grace through faith. Our salvation is free, Bill O'Reilly. And I say, way to go, Sean. Seed planting. That's what it's all about, my brother. He's taken on O'Reilly. We need more Sean's out there. Brothers that are not afraid to stand up to the establishment, take a bold stance for this body of Christ's truth revealed to the Apostle Paul. What Sean brings to our attention here goes along with what I said moments ago. You see, many of you have looked at Bill O'Reilly, sitting there in his big chair on TV, speaking what seems to be great conservative words of wisdom. Meanwhile, according to his salvation testimony, he's lost. And that's what we get by judging others according to the flesh, and not their testimony. And I pulled up this clip Sean is talking about, and he said exactly what Sean said he did. According to Bill O'Reilly, it's his belief that in order to go to heaven, you've got to earn it. Check out the website today, truthtimeradio.com. I'm Trey Searcy. And now, you know the truth.